All right, guys. Normally, I do a podcast about every one to two days. But if you've been following the trend, it's been about three or four days since my last podcast. And as you can hear by my voice, I've got it. It happens every fall. I've got some viral illness. I've got bronchitis. (laughs) I ain't got time for that. Listen, this is a very, very relevant topic because in the fall, of course, acute bronchitis is prevalent. And I received three phone calls, that's three, from friends and close relatives asking for antibiotics for their bronchitis. And my answer is always the same. No. So let's get into why acute bronchitis does not require antibiotic therapy and when it may be considered. Oh, by the way, if you don't remember or don't know the acute bronchitis, I ain't got time for that little quick reference. It's probably worth your doing to do a quick Google search. You'll get a good chuckle and it'll make your day. This is Clinical Pearls. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One of the most common conditions encountered in clinical practice, acute bronchitis is among the most common adult outpatient diagnoses, especially during the fall and winter months. Most cases of acute bronchitis are viral infections. The most common viruses implicated in acute bronchitis are the same as those that cause URIs and include coronavirus, rhinovirus, respiratory syncytial virus, and the adenovirus. In some younger populations of military recruits and college students, other pathogens, including chlamydia pneumoniae and mycoplasma pneumoniae, have been isolated from patients with acute bronchitis. However, these pathogens have been identified in only a minority of patients with acute bronchitis. So please make sure to talk all your patients off the ledge because these are rare findings and it is unclear if these agents are involved in causing the symptoms at all. The uncertainty about the role of these organisms is supported by a study that identified mycoplasma in a subset of patients presenting with acute bronchitis, but found that treatment of these patients with a macrolide resulted in no quicker recovery than patients without mycoplasma who were treated with the same antibiotic. Rarely, Bordetella may be observed, but to date has only been reported in immunocompromised individuals. The symptoms of acute bronchitis are due to acute inflammation of the bronchial wall, which causes increased mucus production along with edema of the bronchus. This leads to the productive cough that is the hallmark of a lower respiratory tract infection. While the infection may clear in several days, repair of the bronchial wall may take several weeks. During the period of repair, patients will continue to cough. Pulmonary function studies of patients with acute bronchitis do demonstrate bronchial obstruction similar to that of asthma. 
as the symptoms of acute bronchitis abate, pulmonary function returns to normal. Half of all patients with acute bronchitis continue to cough for greater than two weeks. In a quarter of patients, cough may last for greater than four weeks. This is termed post-bronchitis syndrome. This period probably reflects ongoing repair to the bronchial walls after the clearance of the acute infection. The diagnosis of bronchitis is typically clinical. Patients present with cough which may be productive and symptoms suggestive of bronchial obstruction like intermittent wheezing or dyspnea. However, the key point is that bronchial obstructive symptoms are acute and related to other signs of respiratory tract infection like rhinorrhea, sore throat, and a low-grade fever. There is no universally accepted definition for acute bronchitis. Criteria suggested by McFarland state that the acute illness should last less than 21 days. However, the cough can last greater than two weeks in 50% of patients and may last up to four weeks in a quarter, that's 25%, of all patients. Now, it's important to inquire about symptoms of chronic respiratory conditions like asthma or other lower respiratory tract infections like pneumonia, that's dyspnea, cough, pleuritic chest pain, high fever, rigors, malaise, and hemoptysis. These are not part of typical acute bronchitis. Patients whose cough has progressed beyond 30 days should also be suspected of having a chronic pulmonary inflammatory disorder like sarcoid or Goodpasture syndrome or even malignancy like lung cancer, especially if hemoptysis or other systemic symptoms like weight loss are present. So don't be quick to rule out the possibility of something more complicated and just giving a diagnosis of acute bronchitis. Make sure to do a good history and physical to rule out these more morbid conditions. Several medications or environmental exposures can also cause acute cough, and these include the use of ACE inhibitors or occupational exposures to dust or chemicals. In many of these cases, like ACE inhibitor use, the cough is non-productive, and in occupational exposures, symptoms are generally restricted to the cough without any other systemic symptoms like fever, headache, or lethargy. There is limited evidence for an association between household air pollution and the risk of acute lower respiratory tract infection. Regarding the physical exam, the physical may reveal signs of upper respiratory tract infection like coryza, nasal congestion, and pharyngeal hyperemia. There may also be evidence of bronchial obstruction, which can include prolonged expiratory phase and wheezing, which may be brought out by forced expiration in the prone position, or there may be the presence of ronchi. The presence of rails on physical examination should prompt investigation for pneumonia or CHF, so that's a clinical pearl. While ronchi may be present, the presence of rails on physical examination should prompt for an investigation for other secondary causes. All right, what about ancillary testing like PFTs? Now, pulmonary function testing is not recommended in patients with acute bronchitis. If done because underlying asthma is suspected, clinicians should be aware that patients with acute bronchitis will show mild to moderate bronchial obstruction, but it clears with resolution of the infection and it should not be confused with asthma. So if underlying asthma is suspected, PFT should be delayed until the patient has fully recovered from the acute bronchial infection. Now, what about lab investigations? Well, lab studies are not needed in the diagnosis of acute bronchitis. In particular, examination of the sputum, either by gram stain or culture, is just not helpful.
Now, what about imaging? Well, routine imaging also is not indicated in patients with suspected acute bronchitis. In situations where other respiratory conditions may be present, like pneumonia, CHF, or bronchiectasis, or in the presence of hemoptysis, then appropriate imaging studies may be performed. However, these should be directed at ruling out other causes of cough rather than confirming a diagnosis of acute bronchitis. All right, let's take a quick break as I drink some water. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the treatment algorithm and treatment approaches. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Treatment strategies are directed at minimizing symptoms until the illness resolves for many patients with minimal cough that disrupts neither daily activity nor sleep. The best approach may be to offer no treatment at all. For patients with significant symptoms who desire treatment, medications to reduce symptoms include cough suppressants or bronchodilators, mucolytics, corticosteroids, and antibiotics are of limited effectiveness in treating patients with acute bronchitis. So that's a clinical pearl. Mucolytics, corticosteroids, and antibiotics are typically limited effectiveness in treating these symptoms. But if fever is present, then antipyretics may be helpful for patient comfort. Patient education about acute bronchitis being a self-limited illness that usually resolves in one, but it could take up to three to four weeks without treatment can help with patient satisfaction. Now, specifically, regarding symptomatic treatment, treatment of patients with acute bronchitis may include the use of cough suppressants or, if wheezing is present, a bronchodilator. Again, that's only if significant wheezing is present. The choice of whether to use a bronchodilator or a cough suppressant should be based on the previous experience of the patient, whether symptoms are related to activity, and whether symptoms are wheezing in nature, in which a bronchodilator may be effective, or focus primarily on the discomfort associated with frequent coughing, in which case the cough suppressant may be helpful. In addition, clinicians and patients should consider the potential adverse effects of treatment and how these might affect the patient's daily activities. For individuals whose work or hobbies involve fine motor movements, the use of a beta agonist might produce tremors that would be disruptive more than the cough. Similarly, for individuals who are required to be alert during the day, the use of a codeine or other cough suppressant that contains an opioid might be contraindicated. And of course, we're trying to limit opioid exposure. All right, but what do we do with a patient that has significant symptoms related to wheezing or a cough that's associated with increased activity or persistent, frequent nocturnal cough? Well, the use of albuterol is based on observations that PFTs in patients with acute bronchitis resemble that of patients with mild to moderate asthma and that albuterol can help reverse impairments in FEV1 in patients with acute bronchitis and wheezing. 
So for patients with acute bronchitis who experience significant wheezing, albuterol has been shown to be helpful for reducing the cough and the wheezing episodes. However, this potential benefit is not well supported by the available data and must be weighed against the adverse effects associated with its use. Now, for patients who have persistent cough, antitussis may be effective treatments for acute management of severe cough. They are often combined with other agents like guafenicin, an expectorant, or antihistamines, but these are of unproven benefit in acute bronchitis. Dexamethorphan does have some potential for abuse and dependence similar to codeine, so remember, codeine and dextromethorphan should be used with caution in those with addictive type of habits. All right, well, let's get into the focus of our podcast, which is the use of antibiotics for this condition. Remember, as a clinical pearl, that most major regulatory bodies recommend against the use of empiric antibiotic therapy in acute bronchitis as it's usually caused by a virus, and inappropriate antibiotic use can lead to adverse events, specifically antimicrobial resistance. So remember, the CDC and the American College of Physicians recommend against routine antibiotic treatment in acute, uncomplicated bronchitis in the absence of pneumonia. Additionally, the Cochrane Review has evaluated 17 trials with close to 4,000 participants and found that there is limited evidence to support the use of antibiotics in the treatment of acute bronchitis. Now, some patients may recover faster with antibiotic treatment. However, the difference, which was about half a day faster over an 8-10 to 10 day period, was not considered clinically or statistically significant. Antibiotics may have a beneficial effect in some patients, like the elderly or those with coexisting morbidities. However, this should be balanced against potential adverse effects and the contribution of antimicrobial resistance. Despite the current recommendations, inappropriate prescribing of antibiotics in acute respiratory infections is widespread. Acute bronchitis leads to more inappropriate antibiotic prescribing than any other acute respiratory tract infection. One German study found that 78% of antibiotic prescriptions for acute bronchitis were not in accordance with local guideline recommendations. Similarly, an Australian study found that the antibiotics are prescribed at rates four to nine times higher than that called for by local recommendations. All right, well, what do we do for persistent cough? Well, evaluation of other causes of persistent cough, of course, should be considered. A careful look at other things like occupational or environmental exposures can help indicate whether inhalants could be causing the cough or maybe another condition like GERD. Now, adult patients whose cough persists for greater than three to four weeks may benefit from a short-acting beta-agonist bronchodilator for a short period of time. Although, and remember the clinical pearl, routine use of beta-agonist for chronic cough associated with acute bronchitis is actually not recommended. There is no evidence additionally that the use of corticosteroids, either inhaled or systemic, is effective for the post-bronchitic cough. So that's a clinical pearl. No evidence that corticosteroids, inhaled or systemic, will help resolve the cough after the acute infective process is resolved. A randomized control trial comparing a five-day course of prednisone with placebo found that there was no difference in the duration of cough, symptom severity, or peak flow in adults with acute cough and at least one lower respiratory tract symptom and no indication for antibiotic treatment. The authors concluded that oral corticosteroids should not be used for the indication in patients without acute asthma exacerbation. 
All right, everybody, as we wrap up this podcast, this is the one caveat, the one clinical scenario when perhaps antibiotics may be considered. So listen to those qualifiers there, that one caveat where they may be considered, and that's a persistent cough beyond four weeks. Remember, the first line is to evaluate for other causes, and the first adjuvant is to use a short-acting beta-agonist bronchodilator, although it's generally not required and against general recommendations. And the second adjuvant is to consider immediate or delayed antibiotics, especially when the patient may have asthma or a secondary pulmonary process. But remember, in general, unless there's other core morbid conditions or the patient is elderly, antibiotics for acute bronchitis are just not recommended. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We have covered acute bronchitis and the treatment that goes with it. So thanks for being a part of our podcast family. And more importantly, hey, I survived the taping of this podcast. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. All right, podcast family, this brings us to a wrap covering acute bronchitis, not necessarily an OBGYN issue, but it will be encountered every fall by almost every healthcare practitioner. And more importantly, I survived the taping of this episode. So we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.